Today we're joined by Dr. Scott Wessel, cardiologist with Aurora Bay Care Cardiology. We're here today to talk about heart disease, particularly as it relates to women's health. Thanks for talking with us today, Dr. Wessel. My pleasure. It's heart month. It's my time of year. Absolutely. Let's start just by defining heart disease. I think most people think heart attack, but it, it can be a variety of different conditions. Yeah, it can. Uh, so the heart has multiple components to it. Um, it has an electrical system. It has like a plumbing system, blood flow through it. It has heart muscle and, um, and it has valves in it. So really heart disease is defined as a problem with any one of those four components. It can be an electrical problem. It can be a blood flow problem. It can be a heart muscle problem or a valve uh, problem where they leak or they're narrowed. So, um, but I can tell you that when we speak of heart disease as a general term, we're more often talking about coronary artery disease, and that's the blockages in the heart arteries because that's what causes heart attack, and uh, that's the most uh, common form of heart disease, uh, and as we know, heart disease is the number one killer in America. Uh, and we're here today to talk specifically about women's health, and you mentioned number one killer in America. How does that relate to women? Right. So the so heart disease is the number one killer in men and women. So some people think it's only men, and that's not true hasn't been true for a while now. And uh, we're catching up here as far as um, being uh, vigilant, as vigilant in women as we are in men at uh, catching heart disease. And so um, that's, let's, let's elaborate on the women part of that then. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some specific statistics as it relates to women um, being the number one killer, but are the risk factors the same for men and women? Right. So. So why are we missing heart disease in women? It's not because of the risk factors being different. So risk factors, there's five main risk factors for developing blockages in heart arteries, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, smoking, and a family history. So those are same, the same across the genders, but um, it's, it's about how many of those heart, uh, risk factors you have that causes the development of heart disease. And it used to be that possibly women didn't have as many of these risk factors. Women in the old days didn't smoke as much as men. Men smoke more commonly than women. Now it's more even. So um, also uh, women in the workplace, you know, stress in the workplace can, and can lead to heart disease. And not as many women used to work. And, and so they didn't have that risk factor, but now they do. So um, I think that uh, the risk factors for men and women are the same. But I think the reason that uh, heart disease is more common in women now than it used to be is because they more commonly have the risk factors for it. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into some of those risk factors as well. Um, you mentioned some of them, heart, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, physical inactivity, those kinds of things. Most of them we can control, correct? Right. Four of the big five, uh, the big five I, I just mentioned, are um, controllable, right? So diabetes, oftentimes that's just a weight problem. If you lose weight, you can cure your diabetes. So, um, if it's type 2 diabetes, which is the most common type. Um, if you have high blood pressure, oftentimes that's a, a disease of old age and, and genetic, but um, you can do things with your diet and exercise that bring, bring your blood pressure down. Certainly cholesterol you can control with diet and exercise. Um, and smoking is the most controllable, right? Because uh, um, if you quit, you take that risk factor completely away. Um, so the only part you can't control is your genetics. Um, we cannot pick our parents, um, and you're stuck with those genes that you have. Um, and in some people, just that is enough to um, 
to lead to heart disease and death, okay? Um, even without any of the other four. Um, but for most of us, it's the other four that are playing the major role. People like to blame their parents more than they <laughs> really should. They can control a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I want to just touch on it briefly because I think vaping is in the news now as far as uh, those health risks and that kind of thing. Same as smoking as far as we're concerned for our hearts. Yeah, so vaping, uh, vape, the, the, the deaths you're seeing from vaping are lung-related, uh, not necessarily heart, but the problem with vaping is uh, it doesn't um, cure the nicotine addiction. In fact, you're probably increasing your nicotine intake because there are more places you can vape than places you can smoke, and so it's more uh, acceptable to do it in, in, in a social environments, so maybe you're doing it perhaps more often. Um, we shouldn't uh, discount vaping as a tool or a bridge to quitting. And if you use it for that, it's good mm-hmm. because you're not inhaling the smoke in that time that you're trying to quit. And then if you and if you can go from that, if you can go from cigarettes to vaping and then vaping to nothing, mm-hmm. well, then it helps. But unfortunately, people are picking up vaping primarily now, not secondarily or, or as a, a crutch or smoking and, and, and using it that way. Nicotine, even without the smoke, affects the cardiovascular system. It affects the little blood vessels in your body and uh, blood pressure and things like that. So even without the smoke, the nicotine and vaping can be harmful. Um, so we just talked about the risk factors, right. some of those risk factors, and, and knowing the risk factors is definitely an important factor in, in addressing heart disease and mm-hmm. being aware of heart disease. Um, women will often sort of explain away some of the symptoms that they're feeling. So what, what kind of symptoms do you experience? Yeah. If, if so everybody knows chest pain, right? Don't ignore chest pain. We, most people know that, although, you know, I, I just uh, had a heart attack on, on Wednesday night, come in that she was snow, shoveling snow on Tuesday, got chest pain and explained it away and ignored it and then came in with a, a big heart attack the next day. Okay, so never ignore chest pain. Um, it, but everyone knows chest pain. It's the other symptoms that maybe um, they're less specific. And so people um, think it, it's heartburn or something they ate, they ate or the, the cold virus they have. So the other symptoms other than chest pain, shortness of breath, um, lightheadedness and dizziness. My mother actually uh, um, had uh, four vessel bypass and her only symptom leading up was a really lightheadedness. Uh, and dizziness, not not um, chest pain or shortness of breath. So, um, nausea. Um, here's the thing: uh, more than half of women will not have chest pain with their heart attacks. Okay, men, it's upwards of eighty percent have chest pain with their heart attacks. So there's a big difference there. And in a large study looking at thousands of women who had heart attacks, they asked them in retrospect, "What did you feel leading up?" and there was a litany of answers, right? Because it went from, you know, everything you can imagine. You know, the most common answer that came up in that survey, it wasn't chest pain or shortness of breath. It was, I just didn't feel right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really tough. Yeah. So you're going to run to the ER worried about heart attack every time you just don't feel right. But it, in general, women know their bodies probably better than men. You guys pay better attention to your bodies than men do on average. And so you're going to know if, it, if it's just not feeling right 
your body should tell you that it's serious and, and get to the ER. And, and maybe that's the biggest thing, right? The education component is, is don't forget that it can be a heart attack for you as well or, or a heart issue for yeah. you as well, not just something that we can explain away. Right. What's one simple daily thing that you can do to keep your heart healthy? Well, it's different for everybody because if you're a smoker, that's the one thing you should do is quit smoking. Um, if you're diabetic, the one thing you should do is control your blood sugars, maybe lose weight so you're not diabetic anymore. Um, say your blood pressure is through the roof, then that's the one thing you should focus on. It's all about those risk factors and, and controlling them. And if you have one of those risk factors, you got to control it and take care of it. If you don't have any of those risk factors, then what's the thing you can do to keep your heart healthy? And it's the same thing we preach all the time. It's diet and exercise, right? So um, exercise, um, we're talking about being an active person, not just it. So you can cut off time in your schedule and go to a gym and exercise, um, um, but being active in other parts of your life as well. Um, you know, when you go to the supermarket, you don't have to pick that spot right close to the to the store. Mm-hmm. Park way in back um, and, uh, and, and walk that extra bit. Stairs instead of elevators, you know, um, and things like that can make a big difference in your life. But if you're going, if you're getting on a, an exercise regimen, we like to say 20 to 30 minutes of exercise most days of the week. So people usually think that's about five. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to make that distinction too, because a lot of people think when they're talking about exercise, they're thinking, oh, we have to run a marathon. We have to do all these things. And it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. No, no. Uh, you know, just walking. Um, and if you're out of shape, um, you're going to get tired quickly, but that's good because that will get better as you exercise more. So if you're out of shape, you know, you may not get through a 30 minute workout. I'm saying this morning to 30 minutes, you maybe can't do 30 minutes. So do 10 and then uh, in six months you'll be doing 20 and, and so on. So, and it's never too late. You know, remember that some people get complacent and and really think, well, I'm 100 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. What difference is it? I'm already too far gone. Why even worry about it? It's so not true. There, right. It's never too late. So don't give up. Don't give up and just start, right? Yeah, yeah start <laughs> Sometimes it's just, it is. Yeah. And if you have a, 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 you know, somebody to go through it with, um, to motivate each other when on days you don't feel like doing it, that really helps as well. Friends or partners. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I do want to go back to those symptoms. So the symptoms for heart disease necessarily may show up differently than in men and women, but um, what should we do if we're experiencing those symptoms? Or is time a factor in this? Yeah, yeah time is everything uh, for heart attacks. Um, so when you're having a heart attack, it doesn't mean your heart necessarily just stops. Okay, that's the the ultimate complication of a heart attack is your heart stopping and then you need shocking and all that. Most heart attacks don't, don't, uh, start off that way. And so, um, if you're getting chest pain, call 911, um, or get to the ER, whichever might be, might be best. So when you get, when you're getting that chest pain, if it's a heart attack, what's going on is there's a blockage in your heart arteries that has ruptured and a clot is forming inside the artery and blocking off more and more blood flow to that heart muscle. And a heart attack is heart muscle that's dying or being damaged. So um, every minute that goes by that the blood flow is not getting to that heart muscle, more heart muscle dies. 
So if you say, I'm going to wait this out for an hour or two to see if it goes away, that could be the difference between a, a major heart attack where you're going to live the rest of your life with very weak heart versus getting to the hospital early. We can open the artery quickly, save heart muscle, and your heart muscle strength can be normal the rest of your life. And that's a huge difference going forward. Do you see a correlation between high-fat diets and heart disease? Yes. If you have high cholesterol and you're eating high-fat foods, that's going to make your cholesterol go up. Okay. Um, but don't forget about carbohydrates. Um, they're the real enemy. Um, we're supposed to have some fat in our diet. Okay. You're not supposed to be fat-free in your diet. We need, we need some of that fat. Um, carbohydrates are the real enemy. Uh, 30 years ago, fat was made the enemy and carbs were kind of pushed. And that was a mistake. Um, um, because the big problem now is carbs and it leads to, you know, diabetes. Um, and that's one of the ultimate risk factors for heart disease. So, um, there are good fats and bad fats. Yes. Uh, trans fats are bad. Um, there's the saturated versus the, um, polyunsaturated, um, fats saturated are worse. So you can look at those and definitely if you can minimize the, um, saturated fats and the trans fats. That's better. There is good fat and there's bad fat. You know, for a while, uh, avocados were vilified, right? Oh, no, they're full of fat. They're not good for you. They are good for you. It's good fat in there. So don't be mean to the avocado. <laughs> Love the avocado. Um, I think that's one thing that might deter some people, though, right? Is that there's all this information out there about, you know, and one diet is the opposite of the other. Do you have any basic tips as far as what we should do, as far as just what we're putting into our bodies? Yeah. I think really limiting your carbohydrates, not going no carb, not, you know, the keto thing and the South Beach, those are extreme diets. Um, and you will lose weight on them, okay? And, that, and if you're diabetic and overweight, you can cure your diabetes that way, and that's great. But you're never going to stick to that for a long time, right? That's the same. For the most part. Um, but you can minimize your carbs, you know, cut them, and and, uh, um, and then a balanced diet. Probably, if I could say two things about diet for the heart, minimize carbs and uh, increase vegetables. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. So, so the question we had just come in is, is exactly that. It's about the keto diet. And, right. and you're recommending, yeah, it's okay to follow those types of diets, but sustainably. Well, right. The keto diet um, is, is cutting the carbs, but you have to replace it with something, and you're replacing it with fat, a lot of fat and protein. So um, if, you're, uh, if your cholesterol is very high and you have heart disease, you shouldn't be eating that much fat. However... There's, there's always weighing risks and benefits of things. That's what we do in medicine. And if you're 50 pounds overweight and a type 2 diabetic and, and you want to do a keto diet, I tell some of my patients, even though they have heart disease and I know they're going to increase their fat intake for time, go for it. Do it for the next six months. Lose 40 pounds. Now you're going to be a non-diabetic or at least a better controlled diabetic. And that's ultimately healthier for your heart um, and the six months of higher fat diet didn't really hurt that bad. Can you experience a heart attack from pushing yourself too hard during exercise or, or here in Wisconsin during shoveling as you mentioned? Right so um, yes the answer is yes um, if you have underlying heart disease or blockages in the heart arteries and you, you don't know it right. um, then Pushing through things um, could be harmful. Um, 
if you have no heart disease and you want to push, 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 that's okay. Problem is you may not know. You may not know. Right. If you're a heart disease patient, we always tell our patients, you know, listen to your body, know your limitations. We want you to to uh, push things because that's how you progress um, cardiovascularly and being fit. But um, you have to know when to stop lightheadedness or dizziness when you're exercising. It's time to back off. Okay. Um, sometimes nausea is a way of telling us to back off. Um, but shortness of breath is normal when you exercise. Everybody, no matter how in shape you are, if you do a certain amount of activity, you're going to get short of breath. So just shortness of breath, unless you're a heart disease patient, shouldn't stop you from exercising. You can push through a lot of that. Some of these other things like lightheadedness, dizziness, certainly chest pain. Uh, hold off. Right. Uh, and I should just bring it back again because we're talking specifically about women's health. Any differences between what women should be doing as far as exercise and diet versus what men should be doing? Uh, no, pretty similar there. I, I don't think we should try to subdivide the genders for mm-hmm. diet and exercise and heart disease. I think um, that's across the board for the most part. Perfect. We had talked about it a little earlier, and I do want to um, touch on it just a little bit. Is the factor of stress. Everybody lives with stress. We all have certain types of stress, whether it be work or family-related. Mm-hmm. What role does that play in our heart health? It plays a role. The problem is it's immeasurable. We, we can't measure it, right? So, and what's stressful to one person is not to another. And so it's really hard to quantify. So, um, we can't study it like we can diabetes or dyslipidemia or hypertension, but we know it contributes. That's, that's, we know that much. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the problem is when someone's in my office and they have a super stressful life, and they have heart disease and they know that's making things worse. How do you get rid of stress in your life? It's really hard. Actually, exercise reduces your stress overall. So that's one thing we recommend. But I can't tell somebody, well, you know, um, just uh, don't sell your house and move. Um, <laughs> and uh, why don't you pull that, pull your kid out of that bad school and put them in a better one and all your stress is gone. It just obviously doesn't work that way. So, you know, um, I would say uh, it contributes. Control it as much as you can, but we know it can never be 100% controlled. Mm-hmm. I know you had mentioned too before, it's it's maybe not necessarily how much stress you have, but maybe how you deal with that stress. Right. Do you have any recommendations, yeah. things that they can do or? Well, uh, again, know, probably pretty personal. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're watching a Packer game, don't throw the remote control <laughs> at the wall when they uh, give up a touchdown. Uh, so, you know, I think that's more of a maturity thing, right? I think as we age, we are able to handle situations better and and we know our triggers, we know what stresses us and we can avoid certain things and then when they do happen, we can handle them better. Um, and unfortunately that just comes with time. But heart disease is an older person's disease, so by then you are wise and you know how to handle your stress a little better. Perfect. Um, one of the other things that we hear sometimes, you know, just through the media and that kind of thing, is the role that sleep plays in in potentially our heart health as well. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Well, yeah, it plays a huge role in just general health, um, not just the heart. Um, study after study has shown um, that getting adequate sleep makes you a healthier person. And... Uh, problem there is getting adequate sleep and so you know it's not always a matter of 
um, getting to bed on time uh, because you can go to bed early, but you'll flop around for two hours trying to get to sleep, you know, so insomnia is a, a problem, especially as you get older. Um, um, you know, people think the elderly take naps, and so they're getting so much sleep. Well, the reason they take naps oftentimes is because they're not getting real good REM sleep at night, mm -hmm. and so they're very tired in the day, and they need those naps. Absolutely. So. I want to circle back and just remind people, uh, education, again, is a huge component of this, and, and we've been talking today about some of the risk factors, and what are some of the things that we need to be aware of, or what can we do to educate ourselves as far as knowing our numbers and things like that? Yeah, so... Um, you should know what your cholesterol is and you should know what your blood pressure is. Um, and your primary care doctor should be screening you for diabetes as well. Um, smoking is a, you don't need a doctor to, to tell you to quit smoking or vaping. And, uh, and so I would say go to your yearly checkups because that's when your blood pressure is checked. If you can get a home monitor, home blood pressure monitor, that's great because quite frankly, uh, if you just rely on one blood pressure uh, check per year by your primary care doctor, you could have blood pressure for a long time and not even know it. So go to your regular checkups, check your blood pressure at home, at least an annual cholesterol check um, to see if that's creeping up and, and needs to be treated. So. What about family history? I mean, that obviously plays a big role in it for some people. I know there's, there's some things out there where it's, you know, take your time with the holidays and actually learn you know, your family history, right. that kind of thing. How important is that? Well, so there's a lot of family history that uh, people think causes their heart disease. So my point is, um, I'll ask a patient, is there heart disease in your family? And they say, yes, everybody has heart disease. My mother, my father, my two brothers, my grandpas. And uh, so they're saying, well, that's why I have heart disease. And, uh, and they smoke. And they say, well, did your relatives smoke too? Yeah, they smoked. Well, then it's not necessarily heart disease that's genetic. Um, it's the smoking that has caused all of your family's heart disease. And the same goes for hypertension and diabetes. Um, those might be the things that run in the family and cause your heart disease. There are specific um, genetic heart diseases. They're not common, though. Um, like a, a high cholesterol, a certain amount of high cholesterol, a certain type of high cholesterol is um, is highly genetic and there's nothing they could have done to avoid it, but that's not the majority of people. Mm -hmm. I would say if, if your relatives have had heart disease, look at them and their history and their lifestyles and see how many of those other four risk factors that they have. And if they have one of those other four or more of those other four, then that's what you should be avoiding to avoid being like your relatives then. Absolutely. So yeah. maybe the other four are more important than the family history right. and take a look at those first. Kind exactly. Of yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to add or maybe a few key takeaways? We're in Wisconsin. Okay. So I think we should talk about alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, I get a lot of, I'll ask patients if they smoke and they say, I don't drink, I don't smoke. And they always put drinking along with smoking. And I understand that those are two things that kind of go together when people think about unhealthy lifestyles. Um, and alcohol is so prominent in Wisconsin. But if you moderate your alcohol intake, it can be good for the heart, not just um, be okay, not, you know, not just cause not cause heart disease, but it can be good for your heart. But moderation is the key, and that's 
not relative. <laughs> okay, that, that's absolute. We have a definition for it. And um, if you're a, a woman, then um, one drink a day is moderation. If you're a man, um, one to two drinks a day is moderation. And a drink is not your uh, your four ounces of Kessler with a Coke. Counts as one. No, that's four drinks actually. So it's an ounce of hard liquor. It's uh, uh, twelve ounces of beer or eight ounces, of, six to eight ounces of wine. Okay, yeah. so definitely something to keep in mind too when you're talking about healthy lifestyles. Exactly, you can drink and be heart healthy. That's my point. You can drink alcohol and be heart healthy, but you got to moderate it. And the other thing is, um, you can't um, say I'm not going to drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I got five to 10 saved up and I'm going to use that on the weekend. That's called binge drinking. And we have looked at that and that is not good for the heart. Um, it's got to be moderate intake, um, not all at once. So Perfect. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything um, just from women in heart disease, what advice would you give them if they are experiencing those symptoms or, or trying to explain it away as something else? Yeah. What's your last bit of advice? So as far as the women go, we have data that says we still that you still do worse with your heart attacks than men. I mean, let me say it again: women do worse with their heart attacks than men. And the biggest explanation for that is that it's not recognized in time because because heart attacks. I already explained why it's so time sensitive to get treated, and sometimes. Um, because you're not having that typical chest pain and you're having symptoms that seem nonspecific and could be a lot of other things, you miss your chance to get good treatment for your heart attack and then the damage. So um, don't, if you're not feeling right, remember, that was the number one feeling by women in that study, just not feeling right, uh, get checked out. I'm not saying call 911 and rush to the ER every time you don't feel right, but listen to your body, that's the key. Listen to your body. Perfect. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today, Dr. Wessel. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Again, Dr. Scott Wessel is a cardiologist with Aurora Bay Care Cardiology. He sees patients in Green Bay at Aurora Bay Care Medical Center and also in Shano at Aurora Health Center. And if you want to learn more about Bay Care Clinic or Aurora Bay Care Cardiology, visit us by clicking on the link in this post. Uh, to request an appointment, visit baycare.net. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.